Hello, my dear friends. Happy March. We are very, very shortly into it. As always, this is the Brightly Human podcast, and I am your host, July Westhale. We've gotten some new listeners since the last time I sent out an episode. And I just want to take a moment to say welcome. This is a short podcast that talks about poetry and how it can be applicable to our own walking through the world and our own writing, should we choose. I confess that I have felt energetically a bit depleted by the world and I think that we are in a tipping point in the northern hemisphere of winter wherein skunk cabbage is starting to come through the snow and we can see signs of life but we still know that we're not quite to spring yet. I think that March is a very mutable month, a very whatever happens, happens month. And that can be challenging because it's boundaryless. But it also is very full of what it means to surrender, which has been an active practice of mine for the last year. So today's episode is inspired by the conversations I've been having about what it means to be part of a generation. And I've been speaking mostly to other millennials to think of as sort of a strange generation, although I'm sure that every generation feels this way. But just in the kind of mutability of millennials specifically, having been born into the world where internet wasn't a very accessible thing and now it's everywhere remembering a time before the internet having experienced a number of big economic disasters on a national and global level and the kind of community centrism of millennials, the openness, porousness of millennials has me thinking a lot about what it means to be very feeling in a world that is also never off, very connected, and also what it means to have balance and retreat within that what surrender looks like. I have a personal theory, which is that there isn't really necessarily something as clean as the understanding of retreat, but rather everything kind of touches on everything else, all happening simultaneously. So there are moments within moments, almost like a beehive, if you will. So today we're going to look at a poem by Marwa Halal, which is very short. It's called The Generation of Feeling. Talk about it. Talk about how it can be 
applicable to our work, but actually more the focus of today's episode is going to be how it can be applicable to being a salve for when the world feels like it's unraveling and to help us move through the world with the same steady practice of joy and the same steady practice of being open. And before I read this poem for you, I want to share with you that I'm looking out my window of my office and my home office and my favorite view is down this stretch of what would be an alley if it weren't in Brooklyn necessarily, but is blocks of asymmetrical backyards and they're the backyards of apartment buildings, very small, kind of mid-century apartment buildings, all brick, and very bare trees. And yesterday I heard screaming in the middle of my workday, and I ran down to see if everything was okay, and much to my delight, it was children playing in a hammock outside. So with that, I read you Generation of Feeling, by Marwa Halal. These growing pains through this goodwill hunting, we, fallen twigs, look like bones, waiting to be lit. I am trying to tell you something about how rearranging the words rearranges the universe. We're going to read this again, but I'll say first that this came out in 2018. It's from Marwa Halal's book, Out by Nightboat, um, and it's called Invasive, Invasive Species. And this is available on the Poetry Foundation website if you'd like to look at it. But if you're not able to, again, that's okay. Rather, I'll say that there are two stanzas in this poem. The lines are quite short. Some of them are just one, well, one is just a one word line. There's no punctuation and there are no capital letters. So I'm gonna talk you through the line breaks in this next reading. Generation of feeling. These growing pains, though, This goodwill hunting, sorry, let me start again. These growing pains though, line break. This goodwill hunting, line break. We, line break. Fallen twigs, line break. Look like bones, line break. Waiting to be lit, line break and stanza break. I am trying to tell you something about how, line break, rearranging words, line break, rearranges the universe. Oh, there are many directions we can go here. The opening line, we can start there. These growing pains, though, sounds very conversational in the way that I think it's common vernacularly to say, this workload, though, these trees, though, like 
positing something in contrary to something, even if nothing has been said against which to juxtapose. It's very inviting and conspiratorial. So right away we're invited into this sort of conspiracy with the speaker. This goodwill hunting is the next line, which I'm sure for many calls up the movie, right? But if you think about it at its essence, there's this searching for the intent, positive intent, right? Then there is the only one line or one word line in the whole poem, which is we, and then fallen twigs look like bones waiting to be lit. Um, fallen twigs look like bones also syllabically three syllables which offers a kind of cadence but I want to talk a bit about this one word line which is we we've spoken before on this podcast about how when there are these fragments within poems or one word or an aside I think of them like as if they were the cliff notes of the entire poem, right? So if we were to apply that logic to this poem, the entire poem would be we. Which makes sense because it seems to me to be a poem about collectivity and an attempt to try to touch and to be in contact and what is it to be collective, to be in community, to be in connection, to have similarity to be in a group, to be multiplicitous, to be plural, right? If we were to look at this poem and only see the word we, I think that poem, the poem is successful, right? So then if we look conversely to the longest line in the poem, I'm trying to tell you something about how it's quite a bit longer than just we juxtaposing those two things. If we were on one column and I am trying to tell you something about how we're in another column, we would see the whole dialogue of this entire poem, almost as if it were a mirror poem. What does it mean to try to make sense of a senseless world? What does it mean to be in connection when everything pushes us apart? What does it mean to try to extract logic. I feel this very heavily today, especially considering the events in Ukraine and the events in Texas. And I think that these last two lines, which is part of this three line stanza, I'm trying to tell you something about how rearranging words rearranges the universe. There's a lot happening in this stanza. This is a very small poem, but there's so much in it. And in fact, it almost feels an order of magnitude connected to the Ezra Pound poem about station in a metro, <laughs> right? Like a poem that is very, very short, a matter of words that was once multiple pages. There's something distilled and synthesized here that is extremely resonant 
rearranging words rearranges the universe. Then we've got the double entendre of universe, meaning one verse, right? One way of collectively talking about something, one way of encanting, if that's a word, right? Because verse is something that is also song, that is also sound and phonics and units. It's measured. So there is a forest for the trees, right? There is a singular because of many plurals. And that also goes along, I think, with the title, Generation of Feeling, right? Generation is like an umbrella term for a grouping, the singularity of a plural, then feeling, which is something so fragmented and hard to pin down and also so integral to poetry particularly. I can't tell you how many times I've been in front of classrooms where people have said something to the effect of, Poetry is the emotional writing, is the feelings writing. Or I have written poetry after I've gone through a breakup or a hard time. There's a kind of catharsis and a kind of connection to emotional landscape that comes with the genre of poetry specifically. Then if we think of genre, right, which is French word for gender, and we think about generation, which is a grouping of people all born around the same time or something that produces, right? So generation of feeling is a collection of people and feeling, but also something that generates feeling or like feeling being generated. While there is much to take from this and apply to our own writing, What I would rather focus on today, and you're certainly welcome to take this in any direction that you find suitable for you at this moment, is I urge you to think about what it means to be singular in plurality, right? Or a better way of putting that would be, how are we, we, in the very most basic distillation of this poem? I am trying to tell you something about how we, we, I am trying to tell you something about how. What does it mean to collate, to taxonomize, to be a part of something larger? What does it mean to generate? What does it mean to be collective? And I think this collectivity is something that is so vital to us as people no matter how misanthropic or introverted we are, no matter how inward we've turned, particularly over the last two years, I would argue that there are ways in which we are touching into our own solitude and recognizing our own internal landscapes in ways that are really necessary and good for us. And there are also ways in which we really need people. And we know that, we know that so profoundly well, especially right now. So, however you can, find a way to be collective, find a way to be of a generation or in generation. Think about how rearranging words rearranges the universe. I'm sending you much love.